Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. You can also listen to episodes on our church YouTube channel. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined by the director of Open Doors, Nate Riddle. Nate, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you all for having me. Glad to be here. We always have a fun question we start with. Um, It's always interesting to hear people's answer but what is your favorite type of ice cream man i kind of had that one in my head because that was i had been asked that recently <laughs> i think butter pecan Ooh. i don't know why but i really like a good butter pecan yes <laughs> it's really funny um i like crunchy stuff in my ice cream grayson however doesn't but butter pecan is um one of my faves too yeah crunchy is for a cookie i think <laughs> ice cream i just like it plain well recently the question was asked to me what ice cream flavor describes your personality mm. and i didn't know what to say so i said butter pecan just because it was my favorite so. <laughs> hey it's ice cream is good no matter what the weather always good to have ice cream and it's better if we can have it with someone across the table right. yes That's the way i like to have ice cream well, Nate, just tell us a little bit about where you're from and about how you grew up. And uh, like I mentioned, we'll get into Open Doors, but just to give us a little bit of background. Yeah, I grew up here in Harrisonburg in Rockingham County, just down the road in Kieseltown. Left for a few years to go to college in the Hampton Roads area and then now returned for about a year and I'm living in Stanton. Uh, but always really community-oriented, service-oriented. That was really instilled in me from an early age. So I'm Really excited to be back in the community and serving in this capacity with Open Doors and partnering with, with faith communities. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you went to college. So what did you um, major in? So I went to Regent University in Virginia Beach. I got my bachelor's in psychology with a concentration in clinical and counseling psychology. Okay. Uh, and then I uh, stayed an extra little while to get my master's in public administration, so studying government and nonprofit administration. Wow. So you are the guy for the job, right? Like, well, <laughs> don't put that much pressure, but I guess you could say so. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that you've been well prepared educationally yeah. for what you're doing. Have you, I'm guessing you've been a part, um, since you went to college, obviously have a desire to be a part of this type of ministry, this type of uh, outreach. So when did you start feeling this is where you wanted to focus for yeah. education? Yeah, again, that service orientation and the community-driven approach has always been important to me. And so even starting in high school, I it was you know, volunteering in organizations focused on food insecurity. And, and uh, so uh, food pantry and grottos mm-hmm. I was a part of, ministries through my own church. Um, I knew I, I thought I wanted to be a counselor, so I studied psychology, but I also knew it was a good degree to set me up for success in many fields. Right. Uh, but then I realized the administrative side, uh, the advocacy side through public mm-hmm. administration. So that is what drove my education decisions. The position at Open Doors, um, we have the opportunity to serve and advocate a population that is often un- not unseen, but unrecognized. Right. Uh, it's so stigmatized, and so... You know, I don't want to elevate us to this position, but it allows us to get down on the ground 
and work with them as the true individuals mm-hmm. they are. Uh, they deserve shelter, which is right. our primary mission, uh, but they deserve the access to resources that others yeah. so easily yeah. access. So uh, I really identify with Open Doors uh, and our mission uh, to serve those that don't often, uh, they have a voice, it's just not often heard or listened right. to. Yeah. I was just thinking as you were talking, Nate, about in Scripture where it talks about I was hungry and you fed me. I um, needed clothes and you clothed me. Well, I mean, you could say the same. I was homeless and you gave me a place to sleep. And he says, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. Not saying that that population is the least, but it's it. sometimes in society we look at them as the least. Right. Yeah. So. Right. Is that perception? Yeah. 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 And it's, it changes our perspective. When we can see them face to face, when we look them in the eyes, when we learn their name. And that's one of the things uh, I love to serve meals um, there because their personalities, like they're in the hardest of hard times, but yet so many of them have a good attitude. Uh, they're doing what they can. Um, I just remember last season as our um, congregation was going in and serving uh, meals, and there was one lady, and she just stood out among everyone. She had this job; she was going out, and she was working every, and coming back in at night. And uh, she had such a great attitude. Um, and I just I learned to know her name, and I was able to call her name every week when she came through. And you know, she said, "You don't know how much it means that you remember my name." You know, in those times that somebody, uh, and that's um, not on me, that's on the Lord, because I am the most forgetful person, but I can, like, I could remember her name, and that meant something, um, that ministered to her. Thanks, seeing them as the individual, hearing their stories. You know, we talk about that stigma, and and we often, you know, have this perception that they made a bad decision, Uh, but, you know, I always say with with today's economic, you know, scene, some people are one paycheck away from experiencing homelessness. And so it's, it's really important that we see them as individuals and understand that maybe some actions led some people there. Not everyone uh, is in that position because of a poor decision. It's just sometimes that's what life, life brings. Yeah. And that's, that's how I felt about this lady. Like something happened because she's responsible. She is taking care of herself. She is working hard she's got a job she's doing everything that she can and not that's just one there were many more that were doing that too yeah, but right. she's just one that stands out in my mind of of someone that's there uh, you are providing shelter for her in the hardest of times and um, it's a beautiful partnership that we can come in and help and engage so talk to us maybe a little bit about what are the opportunities of open doors yeah so uh, we really appreciate uh and if we don't have an opportunity i always say reach out to us because we'll probably be able to create one Mm -hmm. Uh, we really are trying to focus on socialization again after covid Uh, we were still going through covid but we understand we're in a place now where we can start reintroducing uh, folks to come in and just socialize with Mm -hmm. our guests that's a huge component Uh, we hear from guests all the time i just want people to come talk to me like you were Mm -hmm. you, you know speaking about play bingo, karaoke night, things like that. So, you know, uh, local colleges uh, are doing that this year again, but we welcome faith communities to do the same. Mm-hmm. Meal service is a huge uh, a huge uh, need. Um, our guests rely on us every night for a warm meal, and that is a part of our mission, not just a shelter, but a warm mm-hmm. meal at night. There's something dignifying about 
on that, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, so we can't do it by ourselves, so right. we rely on the faith community, civic mm-hmm. organizations, uh, kind of social clubs, uh, even individuals. If they want to prepare a meal for 40 uh, mm-hmm. guests, that's welcome. Mm-hmm. And then we always uh, appreciate monetary donations or donations of basic hygiene items, things like that. Um, Which I have a bag here that I'll send yeah. back with you today. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we, we so appreciate those things. And we have uh, all those opportunities I listed highlighted on our website, valleyopendoors.org forward slash get involved. But we're also this year struggling with transportation. So we, we had a commitment for transportation for the entire season, and that was uh, withdrawn for reasonable reasons. Uh, but now we're working on providing transportation for our 40 guests when the shelter location is in yeah. the county. So we've made substantial headway there. Uh, two local churches, Dayton United Methodist and Massanutt Presbyterian, have lended their vehicles. Nice. Uh, two of them for uh, the entire season. We would really like one more, so if there are 40 guests, we can transport them all in one go, and they don't have to wait additionally in the cold for mm-hmm. us to circle back around. Yeah. And then we're looking for drivers as well. So if you have, you're taking 40 guests, what's that last vehicle that you're in need of? How many seats do you need? So you're going to challenge my math skills. <laughs> I think we would need another 15 passions. Okay. Yeah, just, okay. to be, just, just to be safe. Yeah. Uh, belongings go, and it is a very intimate ride, as in they're very close together, right. even with the, with the buses and vans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, probably another 15 passion okay. van or would be the, the best. Okay. Very good. I didn't do math. I just asked the question. Yeah, I'm, trying I'm to not think. a math person either. So. I'm thinking it'd be ten, but if you wanted a little space, right? It yeah, would be, right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And always forget to count the driver because it's yeah. really a 14 passenger van right. plus the driver. Yeah, yeah. yeah right, right. Yeah. So you all have had some different homes. Yeah. So give us a little history. Um, now, how long have you been here? We'll ask that first. Yeah, yeah. So I've only been with the organization since September. So okay, I'm still a, new. a newbie. A newbie. Yeah. Uh, but I came into a very uh, pivotal time of the year mm-hmm. with the start of the season being in November. So we hit the ground running. Some people said I was getting my feet wet. I said I was immersed. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just the feet. Uh, but right. hey, that's how I learned the best, and I'm, right. I'm excited to hit the ground running. Right. So I think our listeners would be really interested to hear. It was in churches. COVID happened. Yeah. Uh, Red Front became the home. And then you all uh, yeah. have a new property. So tell us a little bit about... The journey of what that looks like this year. If you want to share a little bit about your new home and then what that looks like. Um, Well, so in 2007 is when we were founded, and that was as hard. So it wasn't open doors at that that point. It was Harrisonburg and Rockingham Thermal Shelter. Uh, And so we were rotating then. And as you said, when COVID happened, that just wasn't a a sustainable model. Uh, So we were looking for more continuous locations, uh, which it was two at JMU, then Redfront as our longest uh, Redfront was up for sale during that time. We were just leasing it until it sold. So mm-hmm. it's been sold now, which is why we had to vacate. But mm-hmm. JMU was gracious to allow us to, to utilize their facilities right. uh, after that, immediately after that. Uh, so we're back to the rotating model, right? Yes. Uh, but what's the future look like? Uh, the city of Harrisonburg has purchased uh, the old Presbytery, Shenandoah Presbytery on North Main Street. So if you're heading out of town, it's on your left. The intent there, it's a city-led project. So the permanent shelter, Stage 1, which would include the sleeping quarters, uh, the showers, and the bathrooms, hopefully a kitchenette, uh, will be prepared by November 2023, which okay. will be next year. But that's very ambitious, right? So yes. we are fully prepared to operate one more thermal season or a partial thermal season. 
with construction and weather and, and the property, it could be pushed into 2024. Yeah. That's phase one. Now, that's a competitive bid process, so we always have to give the disclaimer. The city will have to put out RFP, and then we'll be bidding on our uh, spot there to be the contractor selected yeah. by the city. But as the city says, there's no one else that has expressed interest. Right. So <laughs> we, we are anticipating being able to operate the first permanent year-round low-barrier homeless shelter in the city. That's amazing. And that's been something that's been a long time coming. Yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, we were questioning whether it would be the Presbytery, you know, yeah. um, but it came through. It did. It took a little bit, but And that it's came interesting, through. 10 years ago, well, it's a little bit more than 10 years ago now, there was a strategic plan around the issue of homelessness for Harrisburg and Rockingham County, and the only point that wasn't achieved or only goal that wasn't achieved was a permanent shelter. Yeah. I was so, a part of that. Yeah. And yeah. So I sat on that to fruition. committee. So, yeah, and, and it's important to note, too, people always ask, well, why can't they just stay in the presbytery? The actual sleeping quarters is new construction. Yeah. So it's not the current building now. The current building will be remodeled uh, for administrative offices and so forth. Yes. Uh, but it, the actual sleeping quarters will be new construction. Yeah, yeah, very good. So this year you're back to the model of being in churches for the most part. Yes. Where they sleep in a church, the congregation fixes their meals. Right. They go in. What time do they get there normally? So we do check in from 6 to 6.30. Okay. Uh, and then services that we provide start at 7. Yeah. Uh, we did an earlier check-in this year just because we are transporting from the city mm-hmm. to a lot of the locations. So we need to ensure that we have logistically enough time to get everyone there to start. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a dinner at 7. Pretty quickly people have dinner and Got a full stomach. They settle pretty quickly yes. for the most part. Yes. Quiet time's not until 10, but the first night people were in their bed pretty much soon after dinner. So. Right. Yeah, it's always interesting to see how quickly yeah. that happens. And that's a warm place. It it's is. a warm shelter. And, and so, safe. And safe. Absolutely. Uh, so there wasn't a church for every week, right? So... Right. So we have outgrown some of the churches that used to host us Uh when we did the rotating model before, we were around 15 to 20. Now we're at 40 mm-hmm. is our capacity. Uh, so we have outgrown some of the faith partners, so that's reduced our pool. We're always looking to uh, bring on new faith partners that want to actually host. Uh, but, yes, we'll be at the Massachusetts Springs Conference Center, uh, which is, of course, associated with the Presbyterian Church, but doesn't have a congregation to support right, them. Right, right. So if someone's listening and they go, I've never thought about that, because most people go, well, if it's not in the city, probably it's not going to work. Right. Now, for us, we can't because we have a right. daycare program that starts right. before. Right. Uh, but for those folks that have a building, does it have to be a church? It doesn't have to be a church. It doesn't okay. have to be a church. Like you said, it, it would need to be appropriate distances away from minors uh, just because of our low barrier mission. Uh, if your church does host uh, a child care program as well, it, it should just start after we leave, and yes. we typically leave at 7 a.m. That way there's just no overlap there. Right. It does not have to be a church. JMU right. has hosted us before. Right. We did review or you know view 16 properties in Harrisburg, Rockingham County, trying to find a continuous shelter, uh, but we looked at uh, former retail locations, um, furniture. I don't know if it was a warehouse or store mm. uh, that was in the city, so... If we're looking for a continuous location, the most sustainable would be in the city. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but for a week or two weeks uh, a season, which we do have three weeks left mm-hmm. uh, to cover, the counting is sufficient. We, we can do the transportation. Yeah, yeah. So they're transported out all the way to Briar Branch, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's at the that's Feathers? Our, 
So Briar Branch isn't on board as a host uh, this year, but I think Dayton would be our first. Oh, Dayton's Dayton. a further. Yeah. Okay. So Briar Branch has hosted in the past. They may host again this year. Yeah. But yeah Dayton, I think, is our furthest church. Yeah. 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 So that's. It doesn't have to be in the city. Right. So if anyone's listening and think that might be a good thing, they right. can reach out and y'all would be glad to have that yeah. conversation. And if there's any questions, you know, we can address those. We can come out and look at the facility as well mm-hmm. and, and help you figure out how to set it up. We've used bigger rooms and have just put partitions up or some kind of separation for gender so there doesn't necessarily have to be two different rooms. So we are adaptable. Yes. And that's part of the requirement to learned. work at Open Doors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if you have questions, give us a call and we can come out and take a look yeah. at it physically okay. as well. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And what's your number you mentioned to give you all a call there at Open Doors? Yeah, our phone number is 540-705-1908. And there's a phone tree for each of our senior leaders, and then the emergency shelter is number one if you want to get connected with the shelter. So if someone wants to stay at Open Doors, what is the criteria for? Yep, yep. 18 years and older and then able-bodied, and that's just uh, for a safety concern. We want to ensure that guests are able to take care of themselves physically. Uh, That way they're not at risk with staying with us. We we do want it to be a safe environment, but anyone over the age of 18. So uh, part of our low barrier mission, we don't don't do uh, drug screenings or anything like that, like some of the other shelters uh, in the area or in the country. So anyone that's over 18. Yeah. So I know you all usually have, some nurses there doing check-ins and making sure people are well. And Yeah, so we have a partnership with a suitcase clinic. They're in a, typically at least once a week on mm-hmm. Wednesdays. So they'll do uh, minor care there. They rotate from all the shelters. So they go to Mercy House and mm-hmm. Salvation Army and OCP as well. But they come to us on Wednesday. Uh, but we also have a, an agreement with them where we can call them if we ever have questions yeah, or some concerns yeah. with guests. And, and yeah. What else would you like to share about Open Doors, the mission. You talked a little bit about the future. Maybe if you want to mention some more about that. But just, and we mentioned the website and some of the ways people could get involved. Yeah, well, I would just, you know, ask the community to not forget about the topic, not just Open Doors, but homelessness. It's it's an uh, issue that's growing uh, with, with the economic uh, climate as it is today. So I would encourage you to, again, visit our website, check out. We just went through a strategic uh, planning process, preparing for our new chapter, uh, which is the new shelter, uh, with our new values and mission and vision. So I would invite you to visit that and uh, support us in any way. Again, it doesn't have to be monetary, but come into the shelter and just socialize with guests. There is a way and for everyone to get involved, and, mm-hmm. and we, we truly do appreciate that. I say everyone, everyone over the age of 18. Right. 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 Yeah, because right. of our low barrier mission, we do have uh, youth groups reach out all the time. And, and we can find ways for them to come, you know, help clean or, you know, pack things for us. They just can't be in the shelter when we're operational. But we have a place for everyone, and we appreciate all kinds of support. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we tried to do um, last year was have that team of people that comes in. If we're coming in to cook, and I think it's about five people that on a team yeah. with a leader fixing the food ahead of time at um, would be the way it comes in because there's not a cooking facility there mm-hmm. so at Massano Springs. Yeah. So they uh, bring the food in. You have your five people that can serve, but it's nice to bring a few extra people in with that team to socialize, yeah. to be out having conversations. And that's what I loved about when we would take teams in is looking and noticing that someone had went out and was sitting having a one-on-one conversation, having yeah. dinner 
that is uh, such an important part of it. And I love the fact that coming in and playing games, yeah. um, there was a ping pong table there last year, and I, I didn't take that up. But, um, you know, it's easy ways to start a relationship and to be able to look someone in the eyes is, and say their name. The one thing that I learned uh, while serving there is these are the people that are homeless on the streets that people won't make eye contact with, Yeah. right? So it is so important to be able to look them in the eyes and say their name. Yes. Um, and some of them have told me how much that means. Um, and it sounds a little scary, right? Some right. people go, oh, I don't know if, if I could do that. But it is a rich blessing to be able to do that. It's an opportunity that we have. We often think when we do work like that, that we're going to bless them and we are the ones that end up blessed. Yes. Is that right? I, yeah. I agree. I find that in everything that I do, not just open doors, anything, any, right. any service oriented thing, you come out more blessed. Yes. And often you, and, you probably leave. Yeah. And, and, you know, we were created to serve others. Um, and sometimes I think we can get really busy and miss out on the very reasons that we were created to be on this earth. That's right. So this is a great way to engage, but engaging in service of any type. I believe that where we are, we'll see more homelessness. Yeah. We're going to see more of a, like for our food bank, our Hope Distributed Pantry, uh, the lines are getting longer. Yeah, yeah. A lot of COVID programs are in. COVID gear programs, funding sources are ending. So, you know, rental assistance is, is no longer being extended in the right. way it was during COVID. So it's certainly, as you said, it's, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. And so if you're not engaged um, anywhere, there are many places within our community to make a difference and be the love of Jesus, the hands and feet, the cup of cold water extended to those in need. And Nate, Pastor Margaret was talking about, you know, having conversations with it, not just serving them food, but really engaging them and remembering their name. And there's uh, one, well, everybody was always very appreciative. Uh, I remember a few times when I came and helped serve food with a team from our church, and they were always very appreciative. And I remember one uh, guy in particular, he even volunteered to help us serve and was wondering how he could help out and just wanted to help. That was how he showed his appreciation, was just say, hey, do y'all need any help? And Yeah, we have a an individual that attends here that that was a part of, I mean, that's where he lived. Yeah. yeah. And now he has his own place, and um, he is doing great, but he was in a season of life where it wasn't possible for him to live anywhere that wasn't going to cause him to... Yeah, it was just not an option for him to live anywhere else. When I look at him, I just I remember the story and just see how you all were there for him. And now he is on his own. He has his own place and um, is doing very well. Yeah, those stories are always refreshing. It reminds us of why we do what we do. Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, our mission, again, is to provide that shelter and that meal emergency shelter but we've also just added a position which is a great segue a resource coordinator position who's going to be in the shelter uh, and and be able to guide guests to resources so they can kind of take a pipeline and into permanent housing so uh, we will do our best to ensure that the guests that are ready to take that step get to the right resources for more permanent solutions and and their way out of uh, experiencing homelessness yeah that's powerful i 
you know, I I remember sitting on that committee um, to end homelessness in 10 years. Um, and I remember one morning sitting at the table and there was a homeless gentleman that was a representative for the homeless community. And he was right across the table from me. I had never really engaged a homeless person at that level before. And um, we became really good friends. And he was just an amazing gentleman. He had he was going to JMU, and he chose um, to be homeless. He wanted to be an advocate. He really was doing it being there for everyone else in the community, being that advocate, coming back to that group and helping us to understand some of the things that folks were going through. And I can remember just walking into Greenberries and him sitting there at the table. Um, he had a church that had helped him get enrolled at JMU, and um, he was taking classes and just remember buying him a coffee, you know, um, whenever, because he would go there often to study. Uh, it is the folks that are there come for all reasons. And he he was a great advocate and such an encourager. Actually, through COVID, I have not seen him, so I don't know what has happened. But he had a church. He greeted at his church and was um, very active um, in the community. And so you just don't know what that person walking up to get that plate of food or that you're going to have a conversation with, the reasons they're there. There are just many reasons why people come there. But it's great to hear now that there is someone there to begin to guide people towards um, permanent housing and helping them to um, succeed and get off of the streets. So, yeah, that's wonderful. And Nate, uh, as we were talking, I was thinking about, you know, the saying about feed a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. Nobody wants to be homeless. Nobody wants to be in that situation. And, you know, like you said, not everybody is in that situation because of decisions they've made to put them in that. You know, some are, but some just have fallen on hard times just with the circumstances of the last couple of years. So just helping those people know that this is a season. Right. They'll not hopefully won't be in this situation forever. Though at some point, like Pastor Margaret said, um, the guy that came to our church that went there has his own place now. That gives stories like that give people that are there hope. Yes. To know that there's hope on the other side of this. And, and you know, it's it's like there was um, a couple uh, last year that he had a job and he had an injury mm-hmm. at work. And they could not afford, without his paycheck, they could not afford to stay in the housing that they had until he could get better and get back on his feet. And the thermal shelter, the open doors, um, was a place um, to help them until they could get back to a place of permanent housing. So just all kinds of stories. Um, Get that hand up. Yeah, Yeah. a hand up for sure. Well, Nate, uh, thank you for joining us today on Hope Talks. Just anything in closing that you would like to share, maybe that you haven't shared already or that we haven't asked you already? No, I just want to say thank you. Uh, you know, our season has gone well so far. We are a couple days in, and we could not do that without the support of, 
of our folks, our community, our, our partnerships. And so I'm sure many of them are listening and, mm-hmm. and some potential partners are listening as well. So again, just thank you to the community. Uh, we're better together. Uh, this is a huge issue. It can't be tackled by just one organization right. or one person. So, you know, keep these conversations going about homelessness, see them as individuals and let's partner. Yep. Right. Amen. And uh, just, I know we mentioned it earlier in the broadcast, but if you could just mention your website and also the Open Doors phone number again for anybody who either is interested in volunteering or supporting or somebody that might be in need of Open Doors services. Yes, so it's valleyopendoors.org, and our phone number is 540-705-1908. If you visit our website and don't see something you're looking for, feel free to give us a call or submit the contact form there, and we'll respond as quickly as possible. Good. Well, thank you for joining us today, Nate. It's been great to have you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, I'm just going to, in closing, say a prayer for you and for the ministry. Lord, I just thank you for Nate and his willingness to uh, come in during this important season of Open Doors and just bless him and the ministry, Lord, and all those that are impacted and um, are supported by Open Doors, Lord. And just all the others that work there with Nate to help support him, I pray for them also, Lord. And all the churches and volunteers and those that help provide meals and a place to sleep. And uh, we pray also for the long term of this ministry is uh, the construction of the new building that they have received. We pray that that uh, all is prepared in your time. And uh, we ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as you've heard Nate Riddle talk about Valley Open Doors, that it truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Hope Talks. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe for all the updates and latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg or Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.